Hi friends, this is Justin from Why Catholic. I really appreciate everyone who has donated to keep this podcast going. And so I thought, wouldn't it be great if people could support this podcast, but also get something in return? So I created a Why Catholic merch shop. You can find it on Etsy. Just search for Why Catholic. And I've also linked to it in the show notes. These designs are 100% original. I wanted to make something that shares our faith, but also looks trendy. You can find t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, and more. And I'm constantly adding to the store as well. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast to hear how you can get a special discount. Thanks so much for supporting Why Catholic. A friend recently shared with me that her father grew up as a devout Italian Catholic. Before she was born, his wife had left him and they got divorced. He later remarried at a civil ceremony in the courthouse. When the couple had children, which included my friend, he raised them Catholic, baptizing them, took them to Mass almost every Sunday. But he himself would never receive the Eucharist. On his deathbed, a priest came to offer him last rites, which included the sacraments of reconciliation, anointing the sick, and the Eucharist. At first, he refused to take communion. But the priest insisted and assured him of God's forgiveness. My friend asked me why I thought that her father refused communion all those years, and I told her that I didn't know because I didn't know him. But it's possible that he had such a lofty view of the Eucharist and was so ashamed of something in his life, maybe the divorce and getting remarried without the blessing of the church, that he felt unworthy to take communion. Hi, this is Justin Hibbert, and you're listening to Why Catholic, my podcast about the what and why of Catholicism. For the majority of this podcast so far, we have been talking about the sacraments and the sacramental worldview that serves as the foundation for Catholicism. Today, we're going to transition into another topic, the topic of salvation, because after all, that is the point of these sacraments. They are means of receiving God's grace and salvation. I want to go back to that story of the man who refused the Eucharist for all those years. You know, when it comes to the sacraments, particularly Holy Communion, there are two extremes that need to be avoided. On one hand, we should not be flippant about the Eucharist. St. Paul told the church at Corinth that the reason many of them were sick and even dying was because they approached communion in an unworthy manner, failing to examine themselves and discern the body and blood of Jesus. This is what we might call cheap grace. We don't consider our part, our sacred oath, the seriousness in partaking of the sacrament. On the other hand, we shouldn't be so ashamed, so paralyzed by our sins and guilt, so scared of the Eucharist that we refuse the Eucharist altogether for a prolonged period of time. You know, it's one thing to say, look, I've sinned and I haven't gone to confession, so I'm not going to take the Eucharist today. It's another thing to sit there wallowing in shame, never taking the Eucharist, to let that shame and guilt be bigger than God's grace and forgiveness. That's idolatry. The purpose of guilt isn't to weigh us down, but to move us towards repentance and reconciliation with God. These two extremes both are harmful in that they keep us from God and both keep us from recognizing the whole premise of salvation, which is God's goodness, mercy, and grace. Thinking too little of our sins or too much of our sins where we never seek God's forgiveness both blind us from seeing what's really effective about salvation, which is God's mercy. At the end of the day, we are saved by grace through faith. We are never good enough. We can never earn salvation. We don't deserve God's favor. The whole premise of Catholic Christianity is God's grace and mercy given to us. This is the point of the sacraments. Sacraments are the ordinary means by which we receive God's extraordinary grace. Let me say that again. Sacraments are the ordinary means by which we receive God's extraordinary grace. 
Let me break that statement down, and let's start with a review on the sacraments. The seven sacraments are what we've been talking about for most of this podcast. Baptism, the Eucharist, confirmation, reconciliation, anointing of the sick, marriage, and holy orders. The word sacrament has two etymological components. The Latin word sacramentum, which means sacred oath, and the Greek word mysterium, which means mystery. In each sacrament, we make a sacred oath and mysteriously receive God's grace. For example, in reconciliation, we confess our sins. We ask God to help us not sin again. We turn away from our sinful disposition, and God mysteriously and wonderfully washes away our sins. I said that sacraments are the ordinary means of receiving God's extraordinary grace. By ordinary, I don't mean mundane or lackluster. I mean that we can expect that this is how we receive God's grace. When I go to confession or I partake of the Eucharist, I anticipate and expect that God will give me grace. This is not because I deserve it, but because of God's promise to us in Scripture. Now, there are other ways that we can receive God's grace. We might call them extraordinary. For example, maybe someone had a conversation with you that changed your life. Maybe you had a vision or a dream. Maybe you were miraculously healed of something. Many people have been visited by the Virgin Mary. These all come at unexpected places and times to unexpecting people. What's marvelous about the sacraments is that it's not random or unexpected. It's accessible to each and every one of us. This is the difference between ordinary and extraordinary means of receiving God's grace. You know, maybe it'd be helpful also to define grace. As a Protestant, I often limited the term grace to salvation. And for us, salvation was an event in time. When someone quote-unquote got saved, they received God's grace. It's sort of like the song Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. In the Catholic tradition, however, we talk about grace constantly because we talk about salvation differently than most Protestants, which is the topic for the next episode. Receiving the Eucharist is receiving grace. We receive grace in our marriages. We receive grace at confession. We're constantly talking about receiving grace as though it were an IV drip to our souls. What is grace? Grace is God's power and gift that sanctifies us or makes us holier. It regenerates us or gives us a clean slate and a fresh start. In a word, grace moves us towards eternal life. We become more like Jesus in receiving his grace. One of the biggest misconceptions that Protestants have about Catholics is that Catholics believe in a works-based salvation. A lot of this is just ignorance on the part of Protestants. However, sometimes Catholics can do or say things that give this impression. For example, the phrase Holy Day of Obligation can be a little confusing. It makes it seem like I have to go to church. And this puts the emphasis on me, on what I do. When really the whole point of going to Mass on a Holy Day is to collectively participate with the universal body of Christ in receiving God's grace. Growing up, I had a number of peers that went through confirmation, and all I heard was, I have to go to confirmation classes. Why, I would ask. Because I have to, because I'm Catholic, they'd say. The way they framed this was as an obligation, but what I never heard was the purpose. The purpose of confirmation is to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's a little preparation involved, but really, it's God doing all the work. Over the years, I've heard so many people that used to be Catholic that have since joined a Protestant church, and they say things like, being Catholic really was about checking the boxes and doing X and Y and Z. And so I just repeated that because that's what these people told me who were previously Catholic. Now, every time I, I hear someone say that, I am grieved because they've had such bad catechesis. They've completely missed the plot of Catholicism. 
Christianity, specifically Catholicism, is about God's grace. It's about receiving his salvation. It's about walking with him. It's about becoming like him. It's about falling in love with him. It's about living as citizens of the kingdom of heaven while we're on earth and in stepping into the kingdom of heaven when we die. And the fact that so many people have missed that vital point is absolutely tragic. Catholicism oozes this idea of grace in very tangible ways anywhere you turn your head. When we pray the rosary, we receive God's grace. When we dip our fingers in the holy water and bless ourselves, we receive God's grace. When we partake of the Eucharist, we receive God's grace. When we confess our sins, we receive God's grace. There are a number of prayers that God gave to the saints. For example, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which we'll talk about at a later time. And each time God gave these prayers to these saints to pass on to the church, it came with a promise of special graces that God would give the one who prayed them. And so if you're a parent or a CCD teacher out there listening to this, one thing I would implore of you is whenever you talk about a person's part in a spiritual exercise or a sacrament, talk at least twice as much about the grace that they receive from God when they do their part. This is something that I've been thinking about quite a lot. As I've shared on this podcast, my children entered into the Catholic Church with me, and they were 15, 13, and 11 at the time. And so one of the challenges has been teaching them about prioritizing Mass and the sacraments, because previously as Protestants, we would just skip church if we didn't feel like going. And so as we organize our weekend schedule, mass takes priority. The challenge is that balance between insisting on making things like confession and mass a priority and our spiritual discipline and our part of it, but also emphasizing that the whole point of it is to receive God's grace. It's a tough and delicate balance. You don't want to be heavy handed, but you also don't want to be undisciplined and haphazard. The reality is my part in attending Mass pales in comparison to receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior. My part of confessing my sins pales in comparison to God's part of washing my sins away. My part of giving something up during Lent is overshadowed by this notion that I am becoming more like Jesus. This is so God, isn't it? Whatever little we do, he amplifies it 100 a thousand, a million times, the thief on the cross next to Jesus just turned to him and said, remember me when you go to paradise. And a few minutes later, Jesus ushered him into the glory of heaven. Mary said yes to God, but God did the extraordinary thing of letting the Virgin Mary become the mother of the Messiah. The focus on grace is the remedy for the errors of flippancy and paralytic shame. The person that would just nonchalantly receive the Eucharist without any recognition of the weight of what they are receiving can be corrected by understanding, even in some minute way, the extraordinary grace of that moment. Likewise, a person who refuses to receive the Eucharist because they are overcome by their guilt and shame needs to understand that God's mercy is greater than all our sin. That if we confess our sins, Scripture says, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I talk about reconciliation or confession in episodes 27 through 29. You know, there's a lot of people that are intimidated by having to confess their sins to a priest. I admit it's a little intimidating for me. It's uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. If you listen to my interview with Father John Paul Kern in episode 41, you heard him say how much he is blessed by hearing confessions because he has a part in breaking the shackles of sin and lifting the weight of shame that's weighing people down. There's a priest I follow on Instagram named Father David Michael. During Holy Week, he heard an astounding 1,167 confessions. Here's what he posted on Instagram. Quote, Last week, I heard 1,167 confessions. Do I care about numbers? No, not really. Do I care about the salvation of souls? Oh, yeah. That's all I care about. And each confession was a soul that walked in with sin, then walked out a new creation. 
1,167 beautiful moments of grace, and the only witnesses were the angels and me. I wasn't there when Jesus came back to life, but I saw 1,167 people come back to life last week, end quote. If Catholicism is a house, then a sacramental worldview is the foundation of that house, and the purpose of that house is to receive God's grace, to eat God's grace, to sleep God's grace, to live in God's grace. The sacraments are a conduit between God and man. We don't engage in spiritual disciplines and activities for the sake of doing them, or for the sake of checking off boxes, or for the sake of being part of a club. The whole purpose of sacraments is salvation, to draw us closer to God and allow him to permeate our lives. Thank you for joining me for Why Catholic. Be sure to subscribe to Why Catholic wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also subscribe to my Substack site and get the next episode in your email inbox. As a subscriber, you get a special discount code to the Why Catholic Etsy store. If you've been blessed by this podcast and you're feeling generous, there's also a way to financially support it, and patrons get some extra perks. To become a free subscriber or a patron, just go to whycatholic.substack.com slash subscribe. Also join me on Instagram at whycatholicpodcast, all one word. Thanks again for listening. My name is Justin Hibbard, and this is Why Catholic. God bless you.